welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone. Good afternoon for us. Yes, it is afternoon. It is 1 o'clock in the afternoon, One seventeen. Who am I kidding? Wow, you're so precise. Uh, we are uh, on week six of our origin series through Genesis, still talking about the fall of mankind. And uh, what else did I want to say? Oh, I'm joined today, in case you can't guess it, by his voice. Our very own Ryan Franey. Michael Ryan Franey. Michael Ryan Franey. M.R. Franey. <clears throat> M. Ryan Franey. We could keep going. We could. Yes. But let's not. And we're just swimming in a very morally ambiguous afternoon after uh, I kind of <laughs> sinned picking up lunch. <laughs> if you unintentionally sin. <laughs> yeah, it's unintentional. Yeah. I mean, there still is a sacrifice that could care. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I picked up lunch at Kava and like... They had, if you haven't been to Kava, you need to go. It's awesome. And I'm just looking for Franey's bag because, you know, we ordered. And I pick, I get the bag and I bring it back and it's got someone else's side of tzatziki and pita chips. Yes. Jaime, we apologize. Jaime. Yeah. So if you, if anybody out there knows a Jaime who was complaining about not getting his side of pita chips and tzatziki sauce, then please, uh, you know, you know. You can point them our direction. We, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what do we do with this? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, that, what did we do with it, Doug? Uh, yeah. Well, you ate the pita chips, and I'm taking the tzatziki home. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's going to meet my pork chops from last night later wow. on today. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yes, today we are in Genesis 4, um, and uh, the way that I summarize the message this week is God is merciful and patient towards humanity, even as we plunge further into sin and rebellion. You got enough room over there? Oh, I'm good. We're oh yeah. We're we got this like real skinny table set up, and I feel like we're good, Doug. Okay, all right. This. Well, let me know if you change your mind. I will. All right, and um, and the announcements are basically the same as last week, so don't worry about those. Um, I mean, announce them, but. Yep. Or you can show your community's extras video, whichever one you like. We give you the option here. We don't. We don't want to box you in. Yeah. All right. Um, Go with the spirit. The icebreaker. What is something from your childhood that would surprise everyone in your group? Hmm. That's a pretty interesting icebreaker. I got something. Let I got it, a lot. I got a rip. lot of stuff from my. When I was two years old, I was attacked and got by bees and got stung seventy-five times. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they had to bring me to the hospital because I thought I was going to die. Wow! But my grandpa used to uh, burn nests that were in the ground, and he'd wait till the evening till they were all in there, and he'd mark it during the day with a spike in the ground, and um, and because so, he'd wait till they were all in the nest, and then he'd pour like kerosene in it and burn them out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they, I guess my dad was supposed to be watching me. Uh, and he and my grandpa were just like, you know, just talking and they're like, ah, oh, look at the naked baby running around, <laughs> uh, ran over and saw the thing. In the oh ground no. And pulled it out. Yeah. That's terrible. So, yes. I'm glad you're with so, us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you survived really, that My ordeal. grandmother was a nurse. So she like rubbed me down with <clears throat> baking soda and. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't really have anything coming to mind. <laughs> Nothing. I have to get Try, ready for tomorrow let's night. Let's see for you my top group. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got it intense really quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the study here. So um, let's go ahead and read the first part, which I, I've entitled Starting from a Bad Place. So, right, we just got kicked out of Eden. So mm-hmm. it's not a good place. I'll tell you that much. So. All right, let's read Genesis 4, 1 through 4. Do you want to do that one? I would love to. All right, let All us right. have it. All right, here we go. Now Adam knew, knew his wife, sorry. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. 
Do you want me to read five? You know, we should read five, too. I'm not good at writing the right (laughs) verses on these study guides. I don't know what it is with me. Okay, go to five. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah. So... Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So Genesis, so if you got a pen with you, just mark your page because it should go to verse five. Okay. So how does the promise of 315 inform our expectations as we get into this chapter? So what was the promise of 315? Hmm. You better know it. Something about a serpent and offspring and women in heels. Yes. Yes, so the the <laughs> yes, the the offspring of the woman, not will, women in heels. Not women in heels, but also having to do with heels. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, this is what we get. I should have brewed coffee before this. Right? That post kava. <laughs> um yeah, so uh this is the promise that um uh there'll be enmity between the serpent and the woman and her offspring and his offspring. Yep. And that the offspring of the woman will uh, bruise the head of the serpent, whereas the serpent will bruise his heel. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so what? What? what how does that? Ins- as I, as I start reading this chapter, and I see that the first thing that happens is Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore a son mm-hmm. with the help of the Lord. Yep. Is that him? We don't know. Is this the? We're is hoping this the so. offspring? Yeah. And so that's the expectation, right? Yeah. And so I think it's fitting that Genesis, did I mention this last week? I might have. But I think it's fitting that Genesis is this book of like genealogies, 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 you know, and, uh, you know, we're constant, we're kind of like programmed at the very beginning to be asking that question. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent. Yeah. And, um, you know, tracking that as well. Yeah, yeah, who's Throughout. perhaps who's the seed of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so the um so that's so that's I think uh what we want to say about this question. Next question, another another head-oriented one. Um uh what do you see in the text that suggests why God preferred Abel's offering to Cain's, which you wouldn't see if you only read through verse 4. <laughs> but um and here I reference uh, Hebrews eleven four is kind of a little bit of a hint. But why does God prefer Abel's offspring to Cain's? I offering, think, uh, yes, off, not offering his, not his offspring. His offering, but maybe yes, that too. Yes. Uh, why is that? So Hebrews eleven four sword drills. You got it. Yeah, oh, I got it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. By faith, me. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. Um, and through through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Okay, so what do we see here? What what is the difference between Abel's offering and Cain's? Is so it, is it that Abel offered by faith? There is a faith ex, but so something in his offering speaks to his faith, his trust in God. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, um, and I think that uh, I think that you know sometimes it's said that you know the difference is animal versus grain offering right mm. that a grain but what's the problem with that is that grain offerings are what's yeah there's that? grain offerings yeah. in leviticus yeah uh it's an acceptable offering at different points yeah um it also says that abel was a keeper of sheep and cain a worker of the ground mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's interesting too yeah because it's almost like well abel had animals because he had animals and cain had grain yeah because he had grain. Because yeah. he was a worker of the ground. So, like, they're they're both, like, <clears throat> acceptable in that way. Mm-hmm. But if you read what it says about Abel's, it doesn't just say that he brought from his flock. It says he brought the firstborn from his flock. Yep. And they're, and they're fat, fat portions. Fat portions. And the fat is the Lord's. That's right. As we learned the in fat, Leviticus. Yeah, the fat is the Lord's. God is so, keto. To be more godly, you <laughs> yes. want to eat, like, you want to be into ribeye. That's rather right. Than, like, uh, filet. That's yeah. right. Um, mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, so that's it. Like this indicates that Abel um, is giving God his very best. Yeah, because and you know contrast that with Cain, who brought to the Lord an an offering of the fruit of the ground rather than the very first fruits of right. you know the yield or whatnot. The very best is yeah. And normally yeah. It, we probably wouldn't bat an eye at that, except for the way in which the description of Abel's offering is is decked up. Yeah, so the yep. contrast is definitely there. Uh, all right. 
Uh, getting into a little bit more personally here, specifically and personally, what does it mean to give God your best? Conversely, what does it mean to give God your leftovers? I mean to give God your best. I mean, this can be applied in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Any way that stands out to you in particular, Mr. Franey? Every way. I, I, time comes to mind mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. You know, if we consider time one of our most precious resources, I was going to say our most precious resource, but definitely one of the most precious resources that we have is our time. Mm. And are we dedicating that to the Lord first? We have a, you know, God's God first mentality rather than how we would like to spend our time on our own apart from what God might say. Yeah. How we use our time. So. Yeah. I also know like, like the best of my time yeah. too, you know, um, and this could be as simple as something as like when I'm cracking open my Bible, mm-hmm. right? Am I doing it la- last thing I do in the day when I'm already getting drowsy? Mm-hmm. Or for me, like the best time is when I've got that morning coffee running through the veins. Yep. And yeah, so like, uh, am I giving the God, uh, the Lord, uh, my my best there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So time is obviously and and to to give God your leftovers, you know. Um, I think also maybe like um, how I, when I interact with people, Mm. uh, you know, what, what, um, like, let's say that I want to connect with somebody on a spiritual level or something, uh, you know, I'll often just meet up with somebody and kind of like, you know, you just have like a normal friend, friendly type meeting where you're just talking about all kinds of stuff. Do I relegate like the meat of the conversation, the spiritual meat of the conversation mm-hmm. to like an afterthought or something like that? Or do I do mm-hmm. I um, do I postpone that or do I make that the centerpiece of the conversation? I think also of, you know, how I relate to my kids. Mm-hmm. Am I do I am I tacking on some spiritual stuff so I can say, all right, I've done something to shepherd my kid's heart mm-hmm. today or um, do I make that a central thing? Yeah. I think we teach that as as we do it or don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously a lot of room for creativity here in this question. Yeah, but then when it comes to you know financial as well, I mean, it's hard because I feel like especially, well, I was going to say in North Jersey, but probably most of the affluent world, it's just the way – the way our culture and how we're programmed to think about spending money and what our quote unquote needs are, um, are just very distorted. Mm. And I know it's easy for me to think of, Oh, well I need to have this level of different things that really aren't needs. And am I letting that lead as I'm making budgeting decisions or am I letting, Hey, how can I be as generous as possible with what God's given me and let that, you know, moderate, my spending in these other areas, even if it looks very different than how my neighbor might be spending their money on on those things. Yeah. Yeah. Super convicting. Name name brand everything or, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, that, that's a tough one for me, you know, when, (laughs) when your kids start getting a little bit older and suddenly it's not okay for them just to have shoes, but it's got to be Nike shoes now and it's got to be, yeah. I remember like the socks, socks was a thing. Mm. One of my daughters was like, like please can i get the nike socks because i want that swoosh on it yeah you know and i'm like all right um what do you think this why kind of think this why kind do of, you think this kind of giving is pleasing to god when we give our of best? giving god mm-hmm. well because it's our best all right sorry. next question sorry to <laughs> give a lame answer to the question yeah well but, yeah, yeah what, what more do you have? I mean, I was thinking, thinking like thinking? it demonstrates a level of trust in him. Yeah, that right? whole faith piece, right? That, that, that able... whole faith thing, faith, faith thing, that doesn't hurt, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so it demonstrates faith. It also demonstrates, it's a real tangible way of really saying, God, you really are first in my life. Yeah. You know, not just saying it, but living it. Actually putting, yeah, action to words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, sure. and and giving a lot of time can you know, like be a real step of faith. Like, am I going to depend on like what Jesus says about not being anxious about what I'm going to wear or put into my mouth? Or uh, do I really um, take seriously what uh, the the Lord tells me is the most important thing in Mm -hmm. my life or are the most important things in my my life? So I think there's a big element of trust there as well. For sure. And resting in God's self-sufficiency and saying, you know, God, you are enough for me. 
all those things do have to come into our hearts, I think, when we are giving God our best and when we're um, giving till it hurts, as sometimes it's said, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, next question here. Uh, What makes it such a challenge to give God your best? What areas or possessions in your life are most challenging for you to give to God? Mm. So what makes it hard to do this? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that it is... um, I think for me, in terms of like, in terms of money, um, because it can be so easy to impulse spend, like, ah, what the heck, I need this, and so I'll just buy it, and I feel, and then like, in another moment of the day, I'll be like, oh, that was so dumb, why'd I even do that, you know, like, and so like, sometimes, I don't know, like, when when you come across more money in your life, like maybe you've got something was cheaper than you thought, or you got mm-hmm. an unexpected check, right? Your mind automatically goes to like, <laughs> how can I blow this? Yeah. And like, you know, and so I think just like, uh, th- that impulse in me makes it difficult to do mm-hmm. that financially. Mm-hmm. Um, with time, it's the fact that, you know, I think I don't purposely schedule out what time I'm going to give to the Lord, not being purposeful about how and when I'm doing things, as well as distractions and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything that makes it difficult for you to give the Lord your best sometimes? Yeah. Um, as you were talking, I had a thought, and now I think it's gone. That's why I talk so long. I know. No, it was... It was mm, I think it's gone. All right. Oh, man. But anyway, interrupt like what, me if it comes back. No, no, no. Yeah, I will. I will. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, areas or possessions that are most challenging. I mean, when it comes to money, it's food. Mm. I I love food and I don't mind spending money on food. So this is like for, you know, me and Marielle, like we have different things that we would prefer to spend money on for her. It might be more shopping type stuff, like things that, you know, will last a bit. And mine <laughs> is like... A steak is where I would like to spend my money. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Marielle is like, that doesn't make – you just eat it, and then it's gone. You know, like, but that's what I want. So that's tough for me. And then uh, when it comes to time, like, I don't know, just a lot of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, the entertainment sphere just is, a good, is a good example of time hard, yeah. from my life, mm-hmm. you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what my thought was about what makes it challenging. You were talking about when you get extra money that you weren't expecting coming in or whatever, like even like tax return, getting you know money back for that or whatnot. Like, is your how is your heart primed to receive extra abundance of resources? Like, are we setting our minds even before we get that money of like dreaming of how we could be generous with it and mm-hmm. how we can, fo- you know, um, help push forward and advance God's kingdom or his purposes? Or is it, I can get these sweet pair of shoes if I get one, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how are we even like, how are our hearts even before we receive that potential income? And yeah. I feel like that would be really helpful. Yeah. I don't do it. A lot I of it. Like I, to, I mean, I, maybe the common thread there with the time is the, is the thinking in advance, the planning in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's not to say that it's never okay to like spend money on yourself, right? But like it needs like everything in life. It needs to be balanced and needs to be proportionate. Yeah. You know, Um, by faith. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some suggestions here um, in the leader's note. Um, You know, some people may be generous financially, but would never commit their time to serve the church or others. Others may never let their service giving adversely impact their children's lives. So their kids' well-being, education, sports, et cetera, always takes priority. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about a balancing act, right? Because you want to raise your kids well. And like, you know, we always talk about like kids having too much sports and everything is, and that's, you know, the problem we're driving from sport <laughs> to sport. But on the other hand, like it's, it's, it's a good aspect of raising yeah. your kid, right? Because be that teaches and... them a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's not all like it's it's just a, a matter of wisdom and balance and seeing how much of your life is is dominated by this one thing. Yeah. Um, next up, as we will see, Cain's lackluster devotion to God makes it difficult to combat the temptation to become jealous of his brother and all that results from it. In what ways does a weak relationship with God undermine our ability to stand up to temptation? 
<laughs> in all the ways. In what ways does it does it <laughs> not? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, what this reminds me of is what uh, Batesel had said back when we uh, were looking at the, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And he pointed out mm-hmm. that um, in the conversation there, um, it's the tree in the midst of the garden, right? And what is the significance of that? It's that uh, he is uh, not, or the the serpent and the woman are not assigning the true spiritual significance to this thing. And so if my relationship with the Lord is weak, which one aspect of that is going to be that I'm just not thinking about the Lord. I'm mm-hmm. not living for living uh, before him before I live for him. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm not living before the Lord and, 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 and have him in my mind, then I will often look at things sapped of their spiritual significance, mm-hmm. sapped of their true, true importance. Yeah. Um, so that's like a way that, you know, when my relationship with the Lord is weak, mm-hmm. that I'm, it's, it's a harder time for me to, to stand up to temptation. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, pick the analogy. There's so many of them. Like mm-hmm. I think of like light and darkness. Like mm-hmm. if you're near the Lord and, and his light is, is near you and shining and exposing everything for how it actually is mm-hmm. versus, you know, being away from the Lord and not close and, you know, uh, your heart, heart and ear, it's like being in darkness and things are dimly lit and you're fumbling around and it's confusing. Yep. Um, I like that you mentioned the, the, the being in darkness thing, because I think another really important component of our relationship with God is our relationship with other believers and other, mm-hmm. uh, other, other people who are seeking the Lord. And I know that like, if someone is isolating themselves from biblical community, yeah, they're gonna, you know, the, the, you're kind of like a sitting duck because mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't have other people pulling you, and so you're totally dependent mm-hmm. upon your own unstable mind to mm-hmm. to bring you um, conviction about sin. I mean, obviously the spirit does that, right? But you multiply <laughs> the amount of uh, of input in that direction if you are with other people mm-hmm. who care about and know the Lord and yeah. care about and know you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next section here. Sin is crouching at the door. So let's read Genesis four, five through seven. So, um, yeah. So it does back up into five. This is not merely my mistake, but we should have read it with the last one. Because there was a but. So I guess the idea is, yeah, yeah. I guess you read like five twice in this study. There you go. All right. Let's let's do that. You want to do that? Uh, Sure. All right. You do it. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. My face has fallen. Doug's face just fell. And that four, I guess, could be its desire is for you or contrary to you. Yeah, we we talked about that a lot. We talked about that a little bit last week. Because Basil, in his message, I believe, used a different version that said contrary to you. Yeah, this is... Okay, this is the same issue. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Doug. It's fine. Oh, you talked about it already? Yeah, so I don't have to talk about it again. Sure. Although to... So some of you might be having deja vu right now because... um, Last week, when we read uh, the the stuff that said to the woman in mm-hmm. verse sixteen, it's virtually the exact same uh, yeah. phrase. Um, your desire, um, uh, your desire shall be to, for or contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And we talked about um, whether it's appropriate to translate that for or mm-hmm. contrary to yeah. there. And so, one of the things that connects these two is actually that phraseology. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to say exactly why the phrase is almost identical. Um, uh, and, and, and basically it is. It's like the same sentence. Um, but at the very least, it's one of these things that the text does to say, hey, you should be thinking of this in light of what's just come before. Mm-hmm. This is not disconnected. Um Okay, <laughs> so yes. how does God show mercy to Cain, and how does he show you the same uh, kind of mercy? Okay, how is God showing mercy to Cain even right now? Hmm. Well, um, 
he is giving Kane a heads up. Yeah. And he's giving Kane an advanced warning to do something about sin that is festering in his life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God definitely gives Cain a bunch of second chances in today's passage. And this is one of them, right? Like, he doesn't make a big deal out of, at least, like, it, it does say that, like, uh, he didn't have regard for his offering, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, even in light of that, in light of this, that that Cain is not on, like, like uh, getting an A— Sure. In, in his spirituality class here, um, he comes to him, challenges him. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a mercy when people challenge us. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, holds out the prospect. You could turn this around. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Yeah. Right. If, if you do good, will you not be accepted? Right? It's not that I, it's not that like I'm playing favorites with Abel or anything. Hmm. Um, and but you need to know also, and he gives them the warning that sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you. And so you have to rule over it. So, um, and I, I think, so I think like plenty of ways uh, in which, in which that happens when people challenge me in particular, when God sends people in my life to say like the, the same kinds of um, kinds of things um, yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, It's interesting. I don't know. When it says if you do well, mm-hmm. does that mean like if you care, <laughs> um, if you try? Like, is it is, is it a motivation thing or a um, yeah, like yeah, actually I, trying and applying yourself? Because yeah. it's interesting because like if you do well, but if you don't do well, if you don't try or care, mm-hmm. right, then sin is crouching out at the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, As I mean, one who tends towards, you know, lethargy <laughs> and, uh, I can, you know, my flesh desires complacency often, um, I find that's when sin is crouching at my door, you know, when I'm kind of not on guard or I'm not really pressing in and trying to, you know, um, grow in my faith or in my, ca- you know, when I'm not being proactive mm-hmm. and actually putting effort in. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of vulnerable. And so God doing stuff to highlight those areas in life where you have to do that, that's not a bad thing. No, it's merciful. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think the meaning here, it's, it's actually like you could, you could very well translate this, uh, if you do not do good mm-hmm. or if you do good, will it not be if you do good? Uh, mm. uh, lifting or because it says your face fell so it's mm-hmm. your face will be lifted up mm. is essentially the idea but do good is totally a way huh. uh, this is uh, the verbal for you do you know the Hebrew word tov which means good yeah um, it's the verbal form of that okay. yeah yeah so yeah well if, if you do good if, if you do right if you do what is right mm-hmm. you know it's a matter like you always have a choice yeah. and being reminded of that um, yeah um, I mean, I could think of a bunch of, of examples. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I like that, you know, God covers all the bases. He's not, he's, he, he's clear to warn him. Uh, he holds out what is good. Mm-hmm. If he goes to one direction, he holds out what is bad. If you go the other direction. Yeah. In what ways is sin crouching at the door in your life? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many ways. Yeah. There's lions everywhere. Yes, we're beset all on all my sides. Pet, all of my pet lions yes. that Ryan says is dumb to have around. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you know, like, I guess one thing that I, uh, one present way that I struggle a little bit is uh, with actually with the Journey Through Scripture podcast. Mm. Because, like, every, every, um, every day or every couple of days when I, when I upload some new episodes, it brings you to the dashboard on the website, which shows you how many downloads you're getting, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, when the downloads are doing really well, I'm like, yes, <laughs> awesome. And then if there's a day where it's like, I'm like, wait, why are there so few downloads today? <laughs> I'm like, and I take, and like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's almost like I, I really have to guard that from being like, I don't, I don't know if pride is the best word, but like, um, the, just the need to know, like getting it, your affirmation, it feels from, good. Yeah. Getting my affirmation yeah. from that as if like the amount value. of downloads that I, I get is, yeah. So 
it's just, it's just a struggle because like, this is like a major thing that I'm trying to do to offer my best for the Lord, you know, like mm-hmm. sitting down, like, um, and, 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 and doing all the work that goes into these episodes and, um, you know, and here is Satan crouching at the door, ready to like spoil it for me, you <laughs> know, like mm-hmm. ready to turn it into this like fleshly thing. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that I need to need to guard about. And and again, like just like with the last section, just like being reminded of that is a good mm-hmm. thing for me. Yeah. That's a mercy of God in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um now tell us all about your sin. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm trying to think. I obviously have tons of sin, but I think right now again like the two uh, a couple main areas like one is at night just wasting too much time on whatever stupid YouTube videos or podcasts that aren't necessarily, they're neutral, like morally neutral, but just not really a beneficial. And then I'm up too late and mm. don't get enough sleep. And then, um, so that's like an yeah. area. Uh, and then I think like identity stuff too. Like I often, if I'm not like we talked about earlier, like walking closely with the Lord or have my identity really secure in the Lord, I can become very thin-skinned and very, uh, hmm. very fragile. If there's any sort of criticism, or any, you know, if if Mariel shares a way that I might have disappointed her or hurt her in some way, or you know, um, or something at work happens where I wasn't absolutely perfect, like a slight thing I did wrong, you know, I can become very fragile, yeah. and that's a sin issue because it's similar to the podcast example. It's putting my worth and value in what people might think of me rather than in the Lord. And, um, but I don't know, like a, I guess sin is crouching at my door when I'm not getting the time with the Lord to like make sure my identity is secure in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So those are two kind of things that come top of mind Yeah. when I think of that question. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Those things. And I feel like they're almost always going to be there because there's always going to be that temptation to either put too much value in what other people think of me or too much value like in what I do. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, so such that if I don't do totally awesome at everything, I'm going to be yeah. The, like that that strikes at my identity. Yeah. Like no, like you got to guard your heart from that. Yeah. Which yeah. We all have to guard, not just you, but you plural. You. Use. You, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. All use. <laughs> yeah. No, I took that as a direct rebuke. Thank you, As Doug. a direct rebuke. Thank you for your mercy. That's right. This is me showing you, yeah. training mercy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. In the sermon, Ryan illustrated this passage by talking about people who keep dangerous predators as pets and end up getting killed or eaten by them. Or in the case of one noteworthy Netflix special, feeding her husband to one. <laughs> um, what what lions and bears are you keeping as your pets in your ongoing struggle with sin? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, um, I think I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll say like the. So I shared with uh, with Curtis last uh, last week that um, when we were talking about like what what we're giving up for Lent, mm-hmm. not like the only way to do Lent is to give something up. Sure, but like, and I told him recreational YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. You know, dude, and me too. Yeah? yeah, nice, awesome. But only after nine o'clock. After only <laughs> nine, yeah, after, it's like yours is like YouTube Ramadan. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I could do it after the sun goes down. Yeah. Um, but um, most of my track. Oh yeah. And like, but, and it's, it's kind of tough, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, you know, I do, it, I, I do, there are some things that are like nourishing that I'll, that I allow, mm-hmm. but then I, like I sit down at my desk and I've got my phone with YouTube. Yep. I've got my, um, I've got my, my iPad with YouTube and I've got my computer with YouTube, Yep. you know, and they're all just sitting there waiting. And it's not to say that like, if I renege on my Lent commitments, that that's sin. Mm -hmm. I don't think God counts that as sin. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously there's a reason why I picked that, you know, because I don't always watch what's honoring to the Lord when I watch YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like that, that YouTube rabbit trail, 
um, can lead me lead me to be entertained with bad stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. suddenly I'm looking up like like some like violent scene from a movie that I used to like or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I don't know if God wants me watching mm-hmm. that. I'm like, here I am, this 43 year old disciple of Jesus, and I'm, <laughs> you know, and I want to see like this this guy get taken out from this movie or like, you know, and and so. Yeah, so like uh sitting there with the 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 constant temptation to to look at stuff that I shouldn't shouldn't yeah. look at. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I have the same answer. Yeah. Look All at right. us. We're twins. That's uh, that's right. We're twinning. So, um most of us know the story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cain's failure to <laughs> let go of his jealousy in verses 5 through 7 leads him to rise up and kill his brother. What are some examples today of sins that you struggle with? that are inward and have the potential to blow up into something that completely destroys you. Yes. Um, okay. So, yeah. So we know that we know the story and essentially the idea is right. Like that Cain's got jealousy right now and, um, and jealousy in itself is bad, mm-hmm. but it doesn't kill anyone, you know? And, uh, and so like what kinds of things like are we harboring in our hearts that could potentially lead to something bigger. And, uh, you know, I think the obvious example, you know, to discuss and depending on the, the composition of your group, like this might be something to bring up, but it might not be. But, you know, like um, uh, porn and lust and stuff like that is like mm-hmm. super prevalent, even yes, even in Christian uh, lives. Mm-hmm. And um, that's men and women. There's yeah. Yeah. Men and women. And there's like a zillion reasons why that's like terrible in and of itself. And one of those is because it does desensitize your resistance and put your mind in places mm-hmm. where, you know, that could eventually materialize into actually something um, more personal, let's say, you sure. know, an actual affair or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's something that I think like there's obviously like another there's a lot I there's a lot of reasons why that in itself is like a terrible thing like with that even if it never escalates into actual adultery. But yeah, like I think that that's a a very um a very good example. Yeah, I mean, that and then also even just like greed, mm-hmm. right? Um can lead to embezzlement or stealing or something yep. like that. Like so things that you know, attitudes and postures or desires of your heart that are sinful that we're not going to battle against. We're not being vulnerable about, vulnerable about with others. It's not, you know, it's in the darkness. It's not in the light. And we're content to let those feelings and desires just kind of sit there and let them ruminate like Cain seems to do yep. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, and it, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying jealousy also, you know, jealousy is mm-hmm. in the text, and mm-hmm. a lot of us struggle with that as well. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, what, 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 where would that bring you to, you know, get, get it um, in terms of getting ahead, mm-hmm. you know, um, various forms of covetousness also come to mind. What are the strategies and tools that God has given you to deal with those sins? Community. Yeah. Community has yeah. been, yeah, besides yeah. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the word of God, having other people in my life, brothers particularly in Christ yep. that I can go to and just be honest and transparent with my struggles. Yep. Right. Like, so. Yeah. you get, One definitely gets the feeling that Cain's feelings here are very internalized. Yeah. You know, that there's, um, I think this was a couple of years before they started R&R up, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Cain and Abel yeah, happened. Yeah, a couple of years. Like, and, like yeah, yeah, a few years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean that's just been integral to my so much of my um, victory the Lord's given me mm. in my life, like addiction issues and whatnot. Like if I didn't have community coming out of rehab, like I don't know how I would have yeah. stayed sober yeah. and you know had sexual sin in my past as well. And again, having like relationships where I've been able to be honest and you know could be reminded of the gospel and yet also pushed forward in in those battles i mean yeah and i i can't say enough of how important that's been in my own faith is having other people yeah because i like yeah yeah to not only share but that will check in and ask how you're doing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and to be that for them is huge 
Yeah. And I think like people just need to listen to people who've overcome because you've you've overcome some serious sin in your life, you know, and I mean, so have I. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the Lord's help, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when people are like earlier on, earlier along in their faith and we're all there in our faith in some sense, right? There's always sin crouching at our door. So I'm not saying like we ever get past this, but like there it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, you know, um, that you, you can suggest that to people and they will just ignore that suggestion, but you want to know how it's done. This is how it's done. Mm-hmm. And I know, cause I did it, Yep. you know? And so I think like, there's a lot of that track record in your life, Ryan, I think is like, really um you know it itself bears its own kind of authority mm, you know yeah, like yeah um that that's the reason why i have to, to suggest this thing to you you know mm-hmm. because you've been through it and, and the lord's given you victory in those areas yeah um yeah i think also we we probably say it a lot but also the the running from the temptation rather than the running from the sin itself yeah is, uh, I mean, obviously run from the sin itself if it's there and presenting itself, mm-hmm. but not putting yourself in situations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I always end up, you know, you do enough like premarital counseling in today's world and you end up with a lot of couples who are living together, even Christian couples. And like one of the reasons why that's exceedingly unwise is because you're in a perpetual situation in which mm-hmm. you're alone together with yeah. no supervision, you know? And yeah. So, uh, you, you, you flee the temptation. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. Sinking to new levels, read Genesis four, eight through 12. All right. I'll take this one. Go for it. All right. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying up to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. All right, what what comparisons are made here between Cain's story and the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden? And what does this teach us about the storyline of the Bible? So what similarities do we say do we see here? Uh, and I'm sure I'll miss a bunch of them. <laughs> well, we see the Lord um you know proactively going after Cain to speak to him like he did with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They hid coming at them with a where question. Yeah, with a where question. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That he knows the answer to, but wants to hear from them kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. You, you also have an evasive answer to that question. Yep. Uh, although here it seems to be a little bit worse. Actually, mm-hmm. that's the next question. We won't get on to that quite yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got an evasive answer to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Do we see anything else here? Um, we see a curse, the ground being cursed. Mm-hmm. And now you, oh no, you are cursed from the ground, which mm-hmm. has opened his mouth and... Adam, well, the ground was cursed and the serpent was cursed. Yeah. In and now yeah. you are cursed from the ground. Yep. So there's that, that relationship with the ground that mm-hmm. is the emphasis of God's words to Adam in chapter three, right? Yep. Uh, cursed is the ground because of you, and we know the rest of it, right? Yep. Um, but, uh, and so now you've got that also, but now that mal- that ground is not merely there yielding thorns and thistles. It's drinking up the blood of your brother, which you spilled. Yeah. And as you pointed out, um, in chapter three, it's cursed is the bra- ground, mm-hmm. and now it's cursed are you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time that the humans are cursed. Yeah, it's the first time a human being directly, is cursed. Yeah, because in Genesis three, mm-hmm. the ground is cursed and the serpent is cursed, but Adam and Eve are given, con- you know, laid out the consequences. But Yes. Um, yep. So. Yeah, the first time in scripture that a human is cursed. Um uh, let's see, uh, anything else? There, I think there's also something, some kind of connection here, too, where the man and the woman are, it like a, a punishment having to do with where they dwell, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you're no longer in the Eden, in, in Eden, you're cast out, you're cast out. Yeah. And now here you're a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. Yeah. You're going to be a wanderer of the earth. 
Yeah. And what, so what does that teach us about the biblical storyline? Like where, where does this start, start the trajectory heading, at least in the first chapters of Genesis? And we might argue yeah. all the way up through Christ. But Sure. Yeah. I mean, things are progressively getting worse. Yeah. It's, there's a trajectory and it's not a good one. Yeah. Everything here is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, the text is inviting us to make that comparison. Yeah. Again, what I said about the phraseology that's almost identical between uh, chapter 3, verse 16, and chapter 4, verse uh, verse 7. Um, yeah, and, 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 and all the things that we just listed. Yeah, it's not getting better. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, the next question. Rather than sheepishly hiding and trying to blame someone else, Cain's response is a bald-faced lie. I don't know. Yeah, you know where he is. It's where He's where you left him. And is aggressive towards God. Yeah. You know, Am I my brother's keeper? Have you ever been in a pattern of sin and felt your heart hardening towards God? How did you process your way through that? Hmm. I know, like, um, for me, um, uh, I think I've been, not with the details, but I've been kind of um, chatty about the fact that uh, a year now, it's a little bit over a year ago, I was going through a rough, really rough patch in my life, and... Um, I really perceived that there were some brothers in Christ who had who had wronged me. And um, I think I processed through that by thinking, by getting objective opinions from men whom I loved and loved me and I trusted and whose words I trusted. And, um, and because I also started to kind of like, it really did affect my relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like when you're having trouble forgiving... Um, and when you're wondering why the Lord would let this happen in your life, you kind of get into a, you could, you could definitely fall into a frame of mind where like, all right, God's going to allow something like this in my life. I'm not going to serve him, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think that like talking to the right people about it, not keeping it bottled up, Mm. um, is a, is a, was a big part of that for me. Yeah, because um, I could I could feel my even as I was going through a lot of pain, I could feel my heart hardening a lot hmm. uh, towards it, you know, and yeah. you and you, you, Ryan, were one of the guys that, you know, I was able to do that with. Yeah. yeah so thanks. Love you, man. Yeah, love you, too. You, Doug, you were there for me. My intervention. Oh, that's true. <laughs> for, for rehab. So we've been there for each other. OK, we go. We go way back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. of what they call the old school. <laughs> the old school, yeah. Plus, I helped you move the um, piano. The piano you yeah, did. I was a, very impressed with your flexibility That's and strength. Right. I'm, well, I'm very, you know, <laughs> I. it all stems back to I was on a field trip when I was a kid, and I noticed there were these spiders, but, like, one of them was missing. Oh. And I felt this pinch. You had a pinch on your, your neck? And ever since then. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Don't call me if you want a piano moved, by the way, if you need help. No, you can call He's me. He's really if good I at can, it. If I can, I'll help you. Yeah. All right. Um, what does verse 10 teach us about God's justice and his heart for the victim? Yes. He cares a lot. Yes. <laughs> he hears He hears the, the blood of Abel crying from the ground. Yeah. Yeah. He does not let sin go. It affects him. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, this is like like this. It's almost you almost get the idea that like it's the injustice of the situation that gets God's attention, so to speak. Yeah, not to say that he yeah. doesn't know about it from eternity past, but yeah, um, yeah, his deep care for for people who are wronged. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I think of uh, Exodus, mm-hmm. where the people are enslaved and they're crying out, and God hears their cry. And yeah, it's the same thing. Like God's response. God responds to injustice mm-hmm. by leaning in and wanting to have it addressed. And yeah, the the widow, the orphan, all these scenarios that we see in Scripture. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, read Genesis four thirteen through sixteen. Got it. Cain said to the Lord, "My punishment is far greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me." Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. 
Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So this quite, here's a question for you. Do you see repentance in Cain? Why or why not? Would you see true repentance is your true question. True repentance. True. We have a qualifier yeah, there. That's right. Hmm. It's a little tough because it is tough. sometimes I feel guilty about being overly picky with biblical characters <laughs> and being like, sure. you're wrong here, here, and here. <laughs> um, whereas, like, if my life was in the Bible, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, it's interesting. But it, it doesn't seem to me, it the, doesn't seem to me that there's repentance here. The only thing that would make me maybe think otherwise is he says, um, you drift me away from the ground and from your face, I shall be hidden. Mm. So I don't know yeah. if that's like a, he's concerned about he being does hidden, care. like he wants to be before the presence yeah, of God. That's true. And is feeling yeah, bad about that, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see anything about Cain that addresses that owns up to the wrong that he's done. Yeah. He doesn't say you're right, God, I'm sorry. I, yeah. What can I do to know, make this can, right yeah, or this, anything? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, he's really concerned about his you know, worldly sorrow yeah. over his, the consequences and, and, and his so, life being now at risk. And yeah. Yeah. And that is something that we want to look for as leaders when in the, in the instances we have where we have to see repentance. Yeah. Like, is it, are we sorry because of the consequences? And now like, you're just asking for help in dealing with those. It's the same conversation I had with my six year old. Cause if you do <laughs> just want help dealing with the consequences, like maybe I can help you out. God helps him out here with yep. that. Right, like we, whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed in a couple chapters. Right, like Cain is being shown mercy here, mm-hmm. but but in terms of like does does Cain ultimately have a repentant heart? I don't see anything in the text. I mean, aside from what you you said, you know, there is a glimmer there. Um, but again, even that could be very self. Like, yes, he's sad for himself. Yeah, because of the consequence, not because that he knows you know he's remorseful for what he did yeah and 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 sometimes in the life of uh in the life of the church we need to be able to spot repentance yeah or at least credible signs of repentance mm-hmm. i would say mm-hmm. you know especially when someone's broken some kind of trust yep yeah yeah um what is the significance of cain's banishment further east well you want this one i mean take it, take it. adam and eve were sent east yes as well yes and the tabernacle what about the, the temple both had the holy of holies in the western yeah part okay and the entrance was facing east so if so i'm walking east i'm going towards the presence of god towards the presence of god i'm going away from the presence of god oh sorry yes <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah and so westward is a yeah move towards that was god. a bit of a tricky trick question i put in there like i'm like expecting everyone to have a compass rose up in their head yeah yeah um but yeah yeah so that's the uh, that's what this signifies here yeah i feel like i may have touched on this last week but yeah the um that's the that's the significance of movement east and you see it actually here in this verse where he says um uh, uh where it says that he settled away from the presence of the lord in the land of Nod, mm-hmm. east of Eden. Yeah. Right. So, like those ideas away from the presence of the Lord are connected there. Uh, what are some marks of God's mercy, despite Cain's less than stellar response? What mercies does God show us, even when we have not yet reached true repentance? Well, He marks him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. To protect his life. Yeah. Yeah. Just and and perhaps this is another point of comparison with chapter three. Mm-hmm. Because in chapter three, God clothes the man and the woman with the skins, mm. right? Yeah. Says, get rid of those skimpy little belts. Let me give you something a little more substantive here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he does protect him. He pr- he protects him with, um, you know, his own retribution, which I, by the way, I don't think means like if you kill Cain, I'm going to kill you seven times or something. Mm-hmm. I think this uh, seven is you know, to, is is uh, a number that is often used symbolically of God's perfection or completeness. A good round number, a good perfect amount of justice will be taken um, on somebody who um, who does this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the mercies that God shows us, even when we've not yet reached true repentance, 
um, I think sparing us from the worst consequences of our sin. Yeah. I know the that. The wages of sin is death. Well, <laughs> yep. I can think back when I was an idiot, when I was 18, um, I got arrested for driving drunk. Um, and uh, it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I think about what my life looked like as a result of that. You know, I lost my license for six months, had to ride my bike to work. Um, I paid a ton of money, a lot of fines, really high insurance costs, but it would be nothing compared to living with, you know, having killed someone Mm -hmm. on my conscience or something. Mm -hmm. And it could have been that, you know? And so I, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful that that's how that ended. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, you know, examples of this can be multiplied in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have very similar examples yes as yours (laughs) doing dumb things yeah Yeah. all under the influence and vehicles and being spared yeah yep doing something or you know terrible yeah yeah so um yeah sometimes just god stopping us from sinning further by getting caught yeah you know you never know what god is sparing you from is is an important thing i read hebrews 12 24 i think you got it dougie all right um, so now if you really want to be very biblical, you could back it up to, uh, verse 22. So, um, but it's talking here about like how we've come to Mount Zion, the, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven that, uh, and to God, the judge of all the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Okay. And remember, Abel's blood is speaking in this passage. Mm-hmm. It's crying out to the Lord from the ground. Mm-hmm. Right? This is Abel's blood symbolizes what we do to our brothers, what we do to our sisters, what we do to those whom the Lord has given to us to be the you know, our close companions in this world. We do violence and we do wickedness towards each other. Mm-hmm. And so here, Jesus's blood speaks a better word than that because it provides forgiveness um, mm-hmm. for for that. Um, okay. um, and one might even think that, like, um, uh, you know, the the blood of Abel um, brought about uh, brought about God's confrontation of sin, uh, consequences of sin. But you know, no, like, repentance is not there. And like the scene kind of just ends in a mess and it's very unsatisfying. Mm. Whereas the blood of Jesus is like the God's final word against sin in which sin is actually eradicated. Um, I think also of like um, perhaps a comparison also here is of the unjust killing. The first one who was unjustly killed kind of opened up that dark chapter of the book of humanity. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesus is unjust killing um, uh, the, the unjust killing of Jesus um, you know, uh, uh, opens up a chapter of grace, mm-hmm. the final chapter in the, in the book of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, for prayer time, praise God for enabling you to give generously from your resources and pray for a continued spirit of joy and worship in your giving. Pray that the Lord would always enable you to have a soft heart towards him and that from this he would give you the humble seriousness in uh, your battles with sin and praise God for the many ways he shows you mercy and kindness. All right. Well, we're going to end today in an unusual way. Oh, because, well, I don't know if you should be that. I I think it should be more of like a, Oh, Oh. it shouldn't be because I don't have a seltzer this week. Yeah. Mm. I was driving here and I was going to stop at target on the way. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of slips yeah, left for my. Uh, we were drinking stop and stop shop, and shop lemon, lemon lime. Yeah, a pair, which uh, is a good refreshing seltzer. Okay, so without doing a full review, what do you give it? I mean, it, you know, now it's flat and you know yeah. not very good, but because it's just the last drops. But yeah, as far as a lemon lime goes, for a store it's brand decent. for a store brand lemon lime. Yeah, what are, it's it's five bubbles is the most that you can five get. Five bubbles is the most. Oh, I don't know. I give it a three. I give this one an easy three and a half. I, I like oh, wow. this. This one is good. Stop and I was show. Confident. Though. So there's uh, your lackluster seltzer review yeah. for the week. 
um, which now puts the pressure on me for next week. I better have something good. You better. All right. So um, maybe we'll call you in for that <laughs> if you're around. I can be a guest seltzer yeah. taster. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. So, all right, folks. Well, thanks for leading, and uh, you're you're over halfway through this season. Um, and, yeah, um, God bless you as you lead your groups this week as you shepherd people in Jesus' name. So thanks for doing that. And yep, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Yep, bye. bye.